And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have not one but two guests on the line. I have Bobby and I have Mason on the line. They are two diehard Niner fans that I've conversed with throughout the years, and they've been on the pods respectively, but now I have them all in the mix. Bobby, are you there? Yes, sir. How are we doing? Good. And Mason, uh, do I have you on the line? Yes, you do. Uh, beautiful night, opening day baseball in San Francisco. Yeah, about that. They played the, the Padres and, uh, yeah. Um, Let's not. Yeah, this, this is a football podcast. This, this is a football podcast. This is a football podcast. It is opening day. Major League Baseball, and right now it is, man, I can't believe it, it is March 26th, and that means we're officially about a month away from the NFL draft, and so, you know, it's kind of a dead time right now, um, there's a couple of other free agent signings going on, um, but nothing too significant, you know, the, the big wave of free agency has passed us right now, and so I wanted this podcast, especially with uh, Bobby and Mason, to have kind of a, a state of the Niners ordeal where we talk specifically about the Niners, and uh, you know I would like to do in the future maybe state of the Seahawks, state of the Rams, state of the Cardinals, but tonight is the Niners, okay? So we have we have the Niners finished with the six and ten record. Obviously, there was a lot more optimism going into the 2018 season with Jimmy Garoppolo. They finished the previous season on a very high note. And so there were, you know, to, to some Niner fans, there were playoff aspirations. But uh, early on in the season, they played the Chiefs at Kansas City. He went down with a ACL injury. And that, you know, th- th- uh, to be quite short, that kind of ruined the season. Um, they went between C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, um, there was a lot of negativity, myself included. A little bit pessimistic on the outlook of the Niners, but then there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of bright spots as well. Matt Breida, an undrafted running back, uh, emerging. You also had the Niners finally beating Seattle. It's been years, but they finally beat Seattle at San Francisco, and now the Niners have the number two pick. Um, so there is a lot more optimism going on. Uh, they were aggressive in free agency. They even made a trade for a pass rusher, which is something they really needed. Um, but fellas, state of the Niners at this point with free agency now uh, pretty much done and a, and a month going into the draft. I mean, what say you guys? Um, Mason, just overall, just just give it to me. State of the Niners to you right now. Pros, cons, just whatever. Well, um, I got to admit uh I was really hoping that we'd land one of those marquee um, threats, you know, Antonio Brown, uh, Odell. Uh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell wasn't as much of a need because we had so much depth at running back, but I really wanted one of those playmakers on the outside. But, you know, so I was kind of disappointed initially. But, um, you know, with all the moves we made, I, I really am optimistic that we can have a great year. So, I mean, it's it's kind of been a roller coaster, you know, these last five, six years as a Niners fan, and we're just kind of enjoying the ride. And when we're back on top, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so what say you, Bobby? Yeah, I was full of optimism, and I guess there's reason for more optimism, but I'm just not sold uh, with the lack of playmaking on offense. I mean, Kevin Coleman seems like the groundbreaking signing for the offense and um, could be cool but you just added to it already as Mason had said uh, position of depth 
what what more? I mean, you have McKinnon. I don't know. There's a lot to go on in offense, but I am excited about the defense. Um, but there's more to be done, a lot more to be done to make them a uh, playoff team. So interestingly enough, I addressed it on my previous podcast, but they spent uh, a ton of draft capital on money and money at running back, at weak sign linebacker, and they finally traded for D Ford uh, to get an edge guy. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to note. I mean, they signed Jordan Matthews. He's he's a receiver. He's a veteran. That's cool and all. But you know, to your point, wide receiver, free safety. I mean, for Christ's sake, they just they resigned Exum. They resigned. Jimmy Ward. I mean, they passed on Earl Thomas. I mean, uh, just uh, a couple things that, that gave you kind of a sour taste right now in regards to this offseason, right? Uh, I completely agree. There's uh, room for growth. Um, like I said, there's optimism. Uh, Joe Matthews should be cool. He's a good red zone threat, but they need someone to get from, you know, from the 20 yard line to the other 20 yard line. Who's going to be that guy? on third and six to get open over the middle or get over open over the top. I mean, is there enough in Pettis? Is there enough in the receiving core they already have? Does Shanahan believe in them enough? Is there a receiver at the top end of the draft or top end of the second round that can be a Shanahan guy that's shifty and can make plays? I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Mason? Well, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, we we didn't get that slam dunk. So, you know, it's it's obvious that you know we need a receiver. Um, you know, so you know, like, like I said, in, in that regard, uh, I, I mean, I definitely, I kind of questioned what we were doing, um, especially when you look at you know some of the moves uh, year over year from your free agent acquisitions. Um, you know, the beginning of the Shanahan era, he brought in. Um, you know, quality guys, but he overpaid. Uh, you know, so we have the highest paid fullback in the league, but he's a pro bowler every year. Um, and then, you know, last year we make the move and we get Weston Richburg and we make him the highest paid center in the league, but then he performs at the bottom. Um, and, and a lot of our early draft choices haven't necessarily panned out. We, we do have some bright spots, you know, with the Forrest Buckner. Um, you know, with McGlinchey last year, I thought McGlinchey was just a tremendous signing because even though that wasn't the pick that I wanted, I wanted Derwin James in that position. Um, the value that we're getting to have a tackle at that price locked up for the next four years, uh, you look at how much the Raiders just paid for Brown, and oh, you know, I'd, I'd say we got you know third of the price of that. So in that regard, there's there's some areas where I'm like, hey, I don't know what we're doing. But then I see, okay, that's a very savvy move, and it, it fills me with a little bit of joy. I mean, talk about, you know, good and bad. They technically did hit well with Reuben Foster, first-round pick, late in the first round. A lot of people didn't want to touch oh, him. He hit well. He hit very well. His first season, he was, I believe he was number four overall per pro football focus uh, with Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekly. Um He was amongst the ranks of elite production his first season. But then, uh, yeah, you guys all know about him, offseason issues. And so they literally had to pay for their mistake. I mean, so they, they cut him. He gets picked up by the Redskins. And they just gave a four-year, $54 million contract to Quan Alexander, who, by the way, is coming off an ACL injury in his own rights, meaning that, you know, he's, he's got his own shit to, to handle. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, in regards to this next question, I mean, 
it seems like... Let's look at these signings. Okay, so D4, he's coming off. A couple years ago, he had a back injury. Quan Alexander is coming off an ACL injury. Jordan Matthews has been... He, he had an ACL injury earlier on, a hamstring injury. Jason Verrett, cornerback from the Chargers. He had a Pro Bowl season. He's coming off injuries as well. I mean... Is this John Lynch or is this Trent Bulky? I mean, for you guys as Niner fans, uh, how are you taking this uh, this offseason? I mean, you've seen the last couple years, too. Value signings, they have a ton of cap. Right now, you know, entering as of today, team cap space, they have about $38 million. They entered with about, what, 55, 60? So, I mean, what say you, Mason? Um, well... I, I have to say, he, when you start signing guys that are coming fresh off of ACL injuries, it really does feel like Trent Baalke 2.0. You know, it's like, here we go again. But, um, you know, back to your point about, like, we had to get rid of Reuben Foster. I have to say that we really did the right thing there. And, you know, we did pay, to our, pay for our mistake. Um, but when you look at it, Trent, uh, yeah, Trent Baalke, he never really built that uh, front seven uh, that we had the, all those years when we were so dominant, he inherited that. Um, you know, so John Lynch has re- like Trent Baalke built part of what we have now, but you know, I'd say that John Lynch has done a good job taking it over and I'm really excited for our front seven. All right, Bobby, what do, what do you think so far with John Lynch and with his sightings and just, just him as a GM? You know, I was listening to the uh, Ringer podcast. They did a, a re-watchable, like a, a recapable kind of thing. And the game that they wanted to do was the NFC Championship between the Niners and Seahawks when they were both at their peak, peak of the NFL. That was the Super Bowl in Seattle. And it was amazing how sad two of the better NFL writers out there uh, were about the dismantling of the Niners' defense and the Niners' team as a whole from being at the peak and then five years later, here we are. So after a good four years of being at the bottom, I think that the rebuild has been good. Um, it's been a little slow, but I think that's acceptable. And in a salary cap age, I mean, look at the Browns, where everyone's pretty excited about the Browns right now. Um, you need to take those building blocks and build them appropriately and, and, and build a real chance. And I think that they're starting to do that on defense. I, I'm not sure about offense, like I've said before. And, I'm not sure if Quan Alexander's worth four years, $54 million. Um, dude misses a lot of tackles, a lot of tackles, and uh, coming off ACL. But um, overall excited, I think I was probably overexcited last year, but going into this year, uh, having them, like, as of this moment, I guess is your question, um, excited, but uh, not going to overdo it as I did last year and uh, kind of wear back the expectations and see how they play. For me personally, when it comes to John Lynch, um, Perron, you know, that team uh, of acquiring talent and making this transition into the new Kyle Shanahan era, uh, I, I will say this. I, I am a bit annoyed at the approach per se. And, and just hear me out. I mean, just the first offseason, you know, you identify the players that, that you, you want to poach in free agency and get. And that's Kyle Yuschek, fullback. That's Pierre Garçon, wide receiver. Um, but it seems like a lot of times they're they're kind of overbidding themselves. Jarek McKinnon at that. I mean, it feels that 
you know, in regards to being sensitive to the market and seeing, you know, what is the true value for these players, uh, they've been tending to overpay. And that seems to be an ongoing trend because we saw that with Quan Alexander, who, who, you know, at first I, I get it. It's a it's a better contract than what first surfaced on Twitter in regards to to the numbers, but it still is kind of peculiar to once again uh, invest so much money in these players where I don't see too much competition on the open market for free agency. Um, and then there's that other stigma too, you know, John Lynch and Parag, they tend to get a lot of value out of their their contracts. It's it's front loaded. Uh, whether you look at Jimmy Garoppolo to Quan Alexander, where they'll pay them a lot of money up front, and then they'll kind of stretch it out in the later years. Um, but I, I am curious though, because you know, you look at this free agency class. I mean, there were some really um, there's some really special players that could have really put this team over the top, whether it was Earl Thomas, um, shoot, I'm, uh, Len Collins, you know, Justin Houston. There were, there were a couple of marquee guys on the open markets, but I don't know if the Niners tactics, which is, I won't say being cheap, but, you know, being very creative with their contracts, it's kind of, um, I won't say it's a bad reputation, but that is a stigma too when you're, when you're dealing with the Niners and when it comes to contracts. So I guess my question to you guys is, you know, John Lynch, Parag, they tend to have these sort of coy type of or type of, type of deals for free agents. Um, do you think that has affected their chances of landing big, big time free agents? I kind of believe that I'm tired of being second fiddle too. When you hear these rumors, and then you get the big time ESPN NFL writers out there that they're stating the oh the Niners were the the second, the the last team to bid, and they came up short. You hear that all uh, the time, though, like right? Yeah, yeah, all the with time. Le'Veon Bell with uh, OBJ. I guess deep down, they never really were in on Antonio Brown. It was more Antonio Brown and Jerry Rice, but that's you know he's a Raider now. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, last year I remember guys, oh the Niners were in on this guy, and they were very interested. And they just got outbid, and then you, like you stated, you hear them go the extra mile on some of these guys that they just love and it's well what what about what about if you spent a little more or what about if you offered the number two and got a pick swap for OBJ I mean maybe that wasn't on the table but yeah the, the second fiddle is getting a little annoying kind of like a fake tough guy you know there, there's rumors for Kilo Mac rumors for OBJ but second fiddle uh, Mason what say you about this yeah I mean every time like we swing and we miss um, keep on trying to get that marquee player, but they don't want to come to us. And we had all the money in the world to throw at them. We originally, we looked at it, we are like, oh, we have $80 million or whatever. We've thrown it out. We spent a lot of it, but we've gotten the, the second tier option. We, we didn't get any top tier. You know, we don't have any A5 Wagyu. Um, you know, we, we got some ribeye, but no A5. <laughs> And, and that's the interesting thing, too. It's just uh, I know Kyle Shanahan has a great offensive scheme. I know that, you know, you have a quarterback now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Hopefully he's the franchise quarterback, but that's what they're paying him. So they feel that maybe they can finesse some things on the offense. You don't need necessarily a marquee wide receiver. Um, maybe that's some of the thinking. I mean, um I don't know. It's just it's kind of it's kind of wonky. Jimmy Garoppolo is he's 28 years old by the way. He's not spring chicken. Um, 
they don't have that much time to de- Ford. to develop. De Ford, de Ford is 27. I mean, they need to go right now. They're going into their third year um, as the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era right now. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think time's kind of, kind of ticking right now, too. Hold that, hold, hold yeah, that. No, I mean, we definitely yeah. I mean, we spent our money. Um, the clock is ticking. I mean, we've definitely sped up the timetable. Time I, I feel as though we could have, uh, you know, not gone out and gotten these other free agents and take, you know, take the losses and get better draft picks and try and accumulate similar like what uh, John Gruden has done across the Bay. But we went more with like a mixture of trying to, you know, build through the draft and, overpaying for free agents so it's really those contracts on the back end you know i think that's that's really gonna tell uh whether you know this strategy is gonna work but i mean we're really we're we're letting it ride right now so it's kind of uh the you know the future is unknown okay so just summing all this up bobby mason i mean save the niners this offseason just give me an initial grade. How would you grade it? A, B, C, D, F, going into the drafts. Um, Bobby, I'll let you go first. Um, I mean, there are a lot of positive things. Defense looks good. Front seven's exciting. I guess it really, uh, well, the draft is really what I'm super excited about after missing out on some of the bigger names. But like you've been saving their depth moves and the overall stacking up pieces on the depth chart, which is great. Um, uh, I think it could easily be a B plus A minus with a good draft. Like, what if you got a Bosa and an AJ Brown, or like a Bosa and and another nice receiver in the, in the second round, or you trade back and get a slew of picks, and maybe you get an edge rusher and a receiver. Who knows? But as a free agency right now, I'd probably go with a solid B B minus. Okay. What say you, Mason? Well, I mean, I gotta, I gotta give the Niners a B plus for the off season. Um, you know, mainly because when you look at before we made all the moves, our Vegas odds were forty five to one back in January, and you know now you look at today, they've moved all the way up to twenty five to one. So, you know, I feel as though you have to give uh, the Niners management credit in you know to almost double their odds of winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, but. I, I, in, in the terms of, I do feel as though we overpaid for some people, so I wouldn't go as far as to give us an A, and we missed out on some of those top tier guys. But overall, I definitely have to give the team a B plus. Okay. Conversely, on my end, I'd say B minus, and the re- reason why I say that is technically, you know, they had a list of needs going into this offseason. They needed an edge guy. They, they traded for D Ford. They needed someone to replace Ruben Foster. They did that with Quan Alexander. Uh, they needed some competition at the very least for this young group on the defense. They got Jason Verrett. Um, on the on on the flip side, they got Jordan Matthews at receiver. So they got some grizzled veterans. Uh, they're they're an older team now. They they should be a win now team. They should be. But at the same time, I just feel that going back to my earlier point, they had opportunities to really not just get a double. But to really get get a home run type of offseason, had they have made a trade for Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., they re, you know Earl Thomas, obviously with Richard Sherman, they had an opportunity to get 
the entire sports world buzzing about the Niners in that same capacity where everyone was buzzing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the Niners from this past season with the injury, and this maybe this might be good. Maybe people are sleeping on the Niners because they've been kind of mum lately. Um, but I felt that the Niners had an opportunity not necessarily be like the Cleveland Browns for their type of offseason, but they had an opportunity to really get uh, a couple of marquee players and while they did do that in that capacity of D Ford as an edge pass rusher, um, could have gotten a little bit more. And so I'm hoping that they can double down and maybe get Bosa or maybe get a, a nice draft haul uh, with this upcoming draft. But I'm going to give them a B minus right now, as of right now. So having said that, the Niners, they have. One, two, three, four, five, six draft picks. They only have six draft picks. Um, and the first one being the second overall pick. I look at it right now. They still have needs at wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line depth. That would be a plus. And they still have a needed edge rusher. Um, so I will give you guys kind of a let, let's debate about this. OK, fellas, let's just say, for example, that all goes well. From what we're seeing on the reports that the Arizona Cardinals are in love with Kyler Murray. It's not a smokescreen. They draft him. They take Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma at, at the first overall pick. Which leaves the Niners with a slew of options. Mason, what are you doing in that scenario? Murray is off the board. The Niners are on the clock. What say you? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm taking Nick Bosa. Uh, you look at the impact his brother had uh, when he instantly joined the Chargers uh, defense. And, you know, considering we already went out and got a defensive end, we, we got a pass rusher in D Ford. Pairing him with uh, an equally skilled pass rusher with Nick Bosa, I mean, I, I can imagine how much havoc we're going to ring. Um, I mean, the Niners are going to be in nickel defense 60 to 70 percent of the time and having both of those guys on the field at the same time applying pressure from the edges. um, I wouldn't want to be a tackle out there trying to stop them. Okay, so Nick Bosa with the number two overall pick. What about you, Bobby? Yeah, Nick Bosa on one side, D Ford on the other sure sounds fun. But uh, in a world where you just paid a lot of money to D Ford, you only have six draft picks. You're going to need some, some more uh, chances to hit the home runs Justin's talking about. I say someone's going to call. They're going to be looking for maybe a Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they're looking for a Nick Bosa. I think if you're John Lynch, you answer the phone and you hit accept on one of those trade offers. I think you trade off. You trade within the top ten. You, you can go and still possibly get a Josh Allen. Uh, maybe someone wants to move up, then you still get a chance at Quinn Williams. I was blown away at Montez Sweet. Um, I'm a big fan of Sean Gary in Michigan. I think look at the Clemson is another guy. I like Farrell out of Clemson. There's a lot of quality edge guys, D-line guys, if that's what their goal is. There's good depth of offensive linemen towards the back end of the top ten. And who knows? Maybe they fell in love with DJ, uh, DK, excuse me, Metcalf, and they're like, Maybe someone wants to slide up. We can get Metcalf and a bonus pick in the second or third round or a bonus pick next year. I think that the opportunity to gain more picks right now, the Bill Belichick method, add some depth, 
and really blossom these guys. You got a good coaching staff. We all believe in Shanahan. Maybe add a couple young guys, add some depth, and you could still get the quality of player. I mean, Nick Bosa, how does how does uh, junior year go to Ohio State? Hurt didn't play. I mean, his brother had he last year. Hurt didn't play a lot. I think there's an opportunity to build your depth. That's where I'm going. Trade the pick. Trade the pick. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Mason. I mean, I can say like the a premier pass rusher. Uh, you know, you don't get a, a whole slew of them in the draft. Uh, you look at a couple years ago where we got Solomon Thomas at three, Miles Garrett went number one. Look at the difference. Look at the disparity between the top uh, pass rusher and then, you know, someone that's just two picks later. So you never know. Like, I, I don't want to have to sacrifice, fall back, and miss out on a perennial pro bowler, potential Hall of Famer. Who, who can say that Montez Sweet, bigger? Maybe a little stronger, maybe a little faster. Could be that guy in the edge to pair with D four and do just that, and you can get him at six, seven, eight. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that's a good point, Bobby. But every single expert you know out there says Bosa is the top pick. He's the best player in the draft. So I, I think it's a no brainer. I don't know how you wouldn't do that. Yeah, there's bus. There's bus the top. Yeah, I mean, there are. <laughs> Well, I guess my question comes to you guys is, you know, the tier system. How much better is Nick Bosa in comparison to the rest of the edge rushers? Because apparently this this draft class, you know, Josh Allen, Brian Burns, Montez Sweats, like you mentioned before, um, Polite. I mean, there's some really good talent where maybe you can do a two-for-one special. Um, But how about this? Guys, in, in this scenario, so I'll make it easier for you guys, okay? As much as we'd like the scenario with Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals and the Niners having edits with, honestly, you know, whatever selection they can do moving forward with that, let's just say that the Cardinals, it, it was a smokescreen. They just said, ah, oh, just fucking with y'all. We're taking Nick Bosa. We were always going to take Nick Bosa. And... That happens, and so the Niners, technically, they wanted Bosa first and foremost. That's what I'm kind of thinking right now. Um, so they have the number two overall pick. They don't need a quarterback. They're not ch- trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Mason, what would you do in that scenario? Well, I mean, I, I still stick with my point that you, uh, you, you know, similar to how, how we did free agency, where we didn't get that tier one, we go with tier two. So, I mean, you take the next best pass rusher off the board, and I would go Josh Allen. Um, you look at his, his production last year at Kentucky, he had 17 sacks. I mean, you know, I, I think he was uh, you know, one of the highest sack levels in the league um, you know, in college football. So, you know, the production's definitely there. From a size and you know speed perspective, he's definitely a top tier talent. So you know, even though I feel as though I would much rather have Bosa, he's off the board. Um, give me some Josh Allen. It's not not a bad point. He could also play from what I've heard. He can play some Sam linebacker. Uh, I think that Nick Bosa might be exclusively as an end as a, as a Leo guy. Maybe Josh Allen could stand up top and have some versatility to that. Uh, a little raw, though. Uh, what about you, Bobby? What would you do? Josh Allen, I know some of those left tackles in the SEC are big boys, but uh, this is where the big boys go to eat, and I think he gets eaten up by some some big 
left and right tackles in this NFL. Um, and I think he's more of a he can drop back his versatility adds. But I don't know if he's a true uh, get to the passer kind of guy. But I get your point, Mike. Number two uh, ranked edge rusher on the board. Um, I think there's two options. I think you trade back because you know someone's calling for a quarterback. You know someone's calling. New York Giants at six. Are you kidding me? They still got Eli. Are they going to pay Eli another contract? I mean, that, that could happen. But I think it's Quinn Williams or trade. I think those are the two best options, um, especially with the depth of quarterback that is there now. They have the top two guys are available, both very dynamic, both um, a lot of on talent. Um, I mean, Cal Murray 5'10 is a little scary looking, but his speed is unbelievable and the strength is just off the board with his arm. I think it's I think you trade. I think it's the same example. You get as much as you can and you trade back, whether that's uh, a Chicago Bears trade for Thomas where you slid um, for the two picks and you get a bonus pick, or you slide back six or seven and accumulate more, especially when the receivers really start coming up or some of these offensive linemen start coming up um, and you add to some of your depth. Maybe you go and get a second-tier tight end like the uh, – the gentleman from Iowa, Noah Fan, you can pair him with, I don't know, best tight end of the league, George Kittle now. There's a lot to be said, a lot to be done. I think the tradeback is still the right scenario. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see your point from that perspective. I know that, hey, you know what, everyone wants Nick Bosa, and if he's already off the board, technically that number two spot looks really enticing because, hey, guys, Kyler Murray is still on the board, meaning that for those teams that – View Kyler Murray or Haskins, essentially the number two pick is the number one overall pick in their eyes. And so maybe you could get that King's Ransom. Maybe you could get multiple first-rounders for that. I see where you're going for that. Um, if I had to, if I was John Lynch and I had to go with this scenario, uh, I still feel that, hey, the cream rises to the crop. The Niners right now, they've taken some risks already. They drafted Solomon Thomas. They drafted Reuben Foster. Um, they've taken some some tweeners in the past. Uh, they cannot afford, and I, I've said this before, Jimmy Garoppolo is 28. This is your third year. This is your third NFL draft, and you can't be making these mistakes. You don't have that much of a leash anymore. And so why not get the best overall player outside of Nick Bosa and you don't need a quarterback Bosa's off the board I feel that you know as much as I I give a lot of credit to Josh Allen and his his ceiling I'd rather go with the higher floor because I know that the Niners need more talent overall I don't really care about the position and so when I say that um, sorry guys but Quentin Williams from Alabama I know he's another defensive lineman He's a defensive tackle. He's an interior guy. But he's been leaps and bounds better than everyone else in this draft class for the defensive tackle position. I know that edge rushers are a plenty, so maybe you could find someone, I won't say just as good as Nick Bosa, but there is talent to be had in the later rounds. But for a guy of that caliber at the defensive tackle spot, if you pair him up with DeForest Buckner, I mean, all hell breaks loose. I mean, that is a solid interior pass rush. And technically, they already addressed the edge position with D Ford, where they could put a mid-round pick on edge later on. Um, but to get 
you know, if you go back to that tier system, if Quentin Williams is leaps and bounds better than the rest of the draft class, why not get the best overall talent? And that would be Quentin Williams in that scenario. Uh, but having said that, I do know that a gave Eric Armstead a one-year deal. I do know that Solomon Thomas is on the roster. They have Ronald Blair. But I, I do question to you guys already. I know that a lot of Niner fans have already essentially kind of given up on those players. Um, and they're, you know, they only... Armstead only has one year left on his contract. Solomon Thomas, he has three years. But if you get someone that sleeps and bounds better, that produces, I mean, shoot, you might as well go for Quinn Williams. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. So let's say that Bosa is available too. Are you saying that it's an honest question the Niners would have to ask themselves whether they take Williams or Bosa? In this scenario, I put it where... Who are you taking that scenario? Hmm. Okay, so the initial scenario is Bosa's gone. I would take Quinton Williams. If uh, if Kyler Murray is there, taken at number one, and I have the choice between Bosa and Quinton Williams, um, I think for that perspective, I would side with Bosa uh, just because I think that overall um, – he has more upside than Quentin Williams. I think that both of them are good, high floor candidates entering the league. There's no, there's no necessarily a, a promise about how well they're going to do right away. But I feel that Nick Bosa, already with his brother, seeing the Bo- Bosa bloodline, I think that he has a higher ceiling than Quentin Williams. But I think that Williams has a very good floor. He's a good safe pick. Uh, he's a blue chip caliber player that the Niners would gladly ha- love to have on the roster. Would it shock you if they went with Williams at two over Bosa? I'll say this. I had a, um, I had a weird feeling when they, when they drafted Solomon Thomas after they had already invested in Armstead and DeForest Buckner in previous seasons where, um, you know, I would get it if they, if they did it. But passing on Bosa, it would it would make me feel some sort of way. But I would understand the pick, though, based on the arguments that I presented. Meaning that you know he's the best overall player. You can still get some edge guys later on. But you know it doesn't sit as smoothly knowing that Nick Bosa was there on the board. I'd be okay with it. I'll tell you, there would be a lot of booze. At uh, the Niners draft party, if Quinn and Williams goes over Nick Bosa, <laughs> yeah. In this scenario, if both of them are there, it's a tough sell for for John Lynch. Uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Quinn and Williams guy in the scenario that Bosa's taken, but apples to apples, I'm choosing the Bosa apple for that one. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think I might be convinced. I think that uh, maybe trading back and getting, you know, two players with the depth in this draft might be the best option. Bobby, I think Bobby might have won that one. But here's the thing, too, with, with the draft. I mean, I, I've heard, and no one really knows per se, but I've heard that there are two blue chip cat miss prospects, and that is Quinton Williams and Nick Bosa, because the quarterback class as a whole is pretty weak. Kyler Murray, Haskins, they're okay, but that guy from Oregon, he's, he's still with Oregon. I mean, it could have been a better draft class to, to highlight that. 
Um, there's that guy from Duke. I mean, you get what I'm saying. There's two marquee players, and so do you, do you want to take that risk? Given John Lynch's track record, do you trust him to take that risk? Yeah, it's funny because Kinsbury, Kinsbury just said the same thing today. He said there's two can't-miss players in this draft. And he named Quinton Williams and Nick Lewis, and Kyler Murray wasn't one of them. <laughs> right. And, you know, Kyler Murray, he's a great prospect, obviously a very high ceiling. Um, he kind of represents the new NFL. And Kingsbury obviously would be the perfect coach to coach him. But, you know, there is a good risk. I mean... Thankfully, you've seen Russell Wilson and Drew Brees show otherwise, but he is a he's a shorter quarterback than you typically like at the NFL level. But hey, guys, we're getting to the end of the podcast. Let's let's have a little bit of fun. Save the Niners podcast. Let's have a little bit of fun. We talked about obviously where the Niners are at right now with their free agency. Talked a little bit about a couple of draft day scenarios. But Bobby Mason, let's do. Um, Shoot, let's do a snake draft. So all-time Niners mean that any Niners is on the table to draft. Let's do a three-player snake draft in regards to who you would pick for any of the Niners, period. How's about that, guys? Oh, I'm down. Okay. So to end the podcast, since I'm the host, I'll have the first overall pick. We'll have Mason right in the middle at number two. We'll put Bobby at number three, but we'll make this snake. So, Bobby, you get two two picks back-to-back, okay? Um, so, for me personally, uh, the number one overall pick for me is going to be the GOAT, Jerry Rice. I don't really need to say much because it's Jerry fucking Rice. So, that's my pick. What say you, Mason? Well, with the second pick, I have to go, uh, you know, with my favorite Niner of all time, you know, uh, I rooted for him when I was a little kid. I'm taking Steve Young. Steve Young. All right. For sure. And Bobby, you have two back-to-back picks, so, you know, you can take your time as well. Well, my my third overall pick got stolen, um, but that doesn't shake it up. I get a four-time Super Bowl winner. I get the... uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish quarterback is young and the Niner great of old. I'm taking Joe Montana at number three. Feels like a steal. Could have gone number one. And to pull at my heartstrings uh, more recently, I'm going to take my guy number 21. Greatest Niner running back of all time. Hall of Fame running back. I'm going to go with Frank Gore. Ooh. University of Miami. Ooh, to be Hall of Fame. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Thank you for letting me have this. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we have... I am going to wow. Okay, go ahead. The man. Who are you the taking? Man, the legend. 52, Patrick Willis. Ooh, Willis. Okay. All right, Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice is gone. Uh, so it comes back to me for my second guy. I know we've been talking about some recent players, but it's a little bit before our times. But I, I know the legend. And let's go a little bit more on the defensive side. An edge pass rusher. We've been talking about edge all night about in the draft. So let me get the premier pass rusher, which is Charles Haley. Uh, I know he was a Cowboys before, but in my eyes, he was the premier Niner pass rusher. So give me Charles Haley. Number two. Mason, back on the clock. So, f- yep. 
Oh no, it's you're, you're still up, Justin. Oh, that, oh that's right. Two back to back picks. Okay, so man got your got your pick right now. Oh crap. Okay, so Jerry Rice and I got Charles Haley, and I will on the clock. And I will finish that off with uh with some Hollywood with some Showtime. The other twenty one. Let me get Deion Sanders. Oh, Ooh. oh, big kick. Oh, big kick. So for me personally, I got the I got the splashy picks. Jerry Rice, Charles Haley, Deion Sanders. I'm ready to go. So what say you, Mason? You're on the clock. Well, I mean, it's tough, but, you know, I started out with my favorite, Steve Young. Um, and I got my recent favorite, Patrick Willis. And, and now um, you, you took my splash. You took my fun pick. That that one year was so much fun. But I'm going to have to go with uh, Terrell Owens. T.O.? I mean, recent Hall of Famer, that's for sure. Okay. Hey, yeah, that's a weird Hall of Fame announcement, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> okay, so great player though. So if you had to round it up, so what, what do you have right now? Who, who's your three? So I got Steve Young, I got Patrick Willis, and I got Terrell Owens. Nice. Okay, last but certainly not least, since you already had two back to backs, give me your last pick, Bobby. We're well, finishing draft off. I started with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Some call him the goat. If not, he's the goat's number one idol, Joe Montana. There's a lot of good names on the board. But then I swooped up and got my guy Frank Gore at number two in the second round, or number one in the second round. There are a lot of good names on the board. I like Brian Lott. I already have running back Roger Craig, uh, Dwight Clark, John Taylor, another Notre Dame guy, Bryant Young. But I think i got to go with the guy who started it all. Started the team, came on board at a Stanford University, won one game, or two games his first year, and what do you know, created a dynasty. My third pick is the greatest coach of all time in my eyes. It is Bill Walsh. Oh, a coach. But not just any coach. I didn't know we were doing that kind of fantasy draft. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, John Gruden was, was traded for, for draft compensation. I mean, it can be done. And Bill Walsh is certainly a asset for any team let alone Niners old-timers, so... Okay. All right, so let's just sum it up. I have Jerry Rice, Charles Haley, Deion Sanders. Yeah, Ronnie Lott remains off the board then, right? I'll have to take Billy Boy over Ronnie Lott, but you got to go with the mastermind. Okay. Designer of offense of the future. He's my guy. All right. Well, hey, fellas... Appreciate the little mini mock draft. I appreciate your time talking about State of the Niners. A little bit of debate about some drafty scenarios. Closing remarks. I mean, anything top of mind as we uh, end this pod? Mason, I'll, I'll let you go first. No, I, uh, I'm just really excited to see what pans out in the draft. Um, you know, I think that it, this one could really set us up. And, you know, I'm looking for us to keep on moving up. Uh, in, in our odds to win the Super Bowl, so you know this, like like you said, this is the telltale year for uh, John Lynch, and I really feel as though you know we're going to have a successful year this year. Mason, how about a record record prediction? 
off the top. Oh, record prediction? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go, uh, let's go, I'm going to say 10 and 6. Ooh, 10 and 6. Okay. Big difference. I was going to say 9 and 7. I was teetering. I was right there. But, I mean, you got Jimmy G with two legs. Um, you got an improved defense. I think that we can get it done. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm going 10 and 6. Okay. Bobby, you have the floor. Any uh, any final remarks? After, after my B minus grade of the offseason, I think that they, like I had said, there is room for growth in the draft. I think that if you were able to get a quality player like Nick Bosa or Clinton Williams or trade back and be able to grow and maybe add a couple offensive weapons that could really shine in Shanahan's offenses, I, I I fully believe. I mean, look what someone like Nick Mullins did in this offense, even. And a you know at the end of the stretch that was rough, great. Um, when I look at the schedule, I see teams even their road games. Uh, I can see them beating the Cardinals home and away. Um, Buccaneers, not sure what they're going to bring to the table. Could be more exciting, but I think that's a win on the road. Redskins, dumpster fire. Bengals, Andy Dalton still the quarterback. Um, they bring home. They have a, a couple tough field matchups, Saints, and of course the division matchups with Seahawks, Rams. They go to Baltimore. Um, you get to bring the Camden Panthers to Santa Clara. Cleveland comes to Santa Clara. Aaron Rodgers comes home. Steelers, maybe not as flashy anymore, uh, come to Santa Clara's where I think it's an easy way to see seven or eight wins. Um, you could sneak into that nine ten range, but you're going to need an offensive playmaker to help out. And is that person already on the roster? I would say the majority of Niner fans say no. Is that person in the draft? Possibly, but I would say nine and seven, eight. Uh, let's go with nine and seven. Let's be optimistic. Nine and seven. Okay. Just missed out on the wild card matchup. Okay, I have two points in particular that gives my prediction of the season outlook. I'd say that, first and foremost, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's coming off an ACL injury. And while I know that ACL injuries aren't as bad in today's modern sports of medicine, you know, last year was supposed to be a building block for him to have a full season as the starter to gain, you know, really just uh, timeless experience where it was really important for him to have a full 16 under the Kyle Shanahan offense to grasp upon that. But he lost that last season. I'm sorry. He lost that last season. And so he has to kind of, I don't want to say restart it, but pretty much he does. He has to redo his timing. He has to redo all his mechanics. And he has to prove that his ACL injury is past him. So that's one hindrance for the Niners season. I'd also say that right now, um, you know, whether it's the draft or free agency, but they continue to put a lot of risk on some injury players with a lot of value and it could work um but i am a little optimistic in that regards because we've seen the last couple seasons where yeah injuries hit them time and time again so i don't know if this upcoming season is going to be finally something of fortune but if it does happen if they do get injured again it makes you wonder uh at the free safety spot jimmy ward He's been hurt his entire career, and he's going to be the starting free safety. Maybe an Earl Thomas would have been the 
perfect answer, an opportunity that they missed upon. And considering that it's a cover three defense and how important a single high safety is, they once again dismissed the position. Maybe Colbert can do it. Maybe War can stay healthy. But once again, it's a lot of what ifs. So I'm a little bit more. I was thinking eight and eight, nine and seven. I'll put them at eight and eight because of those points. Mainly because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know where he's at right now, mentally and physically, but it was a season lost last season to really get himself integrated in this Kyle Shanahan offense. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, just the West. I have Mason, I have Bobby. Thank you so much for your time. As always, check out the podcast. We're here on Spotify. We're on iTunes, but also Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. So until next time, we out here. Peace.